this episode, we sit down with James Harris, a Navy veteran and longtime legend here on Northgate. James works with our friends over at Blackwater Draw and has over a decade's worth of knowledge on beer, along with an astute palate that makes his food pairings second to none. I've never had a boring conversation with James, so hope you enjoy the episode, and as always, we appreciate you listening. All right, hot mic, hot mic. James Harris from Blackwater Draw. How's it going? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. You seem like you said you're having a good day earlier. Yeah. What uh, attributed to that? What, how, what, what's going on this good day for you? I don't know, man. Got sunshine. Yeah. A couple of potential sales. Wheeling and dealing. I love it. Driving around this beautiful town called College Station, Texas. College Station, Texas, right. And Blackwater's in Bryan, so... Yeah. You, you like Brian too? Oh man, I'm moving there. Yeah? Yeah. You, are you in call station right now or Currently. Currently. What 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 what's got you moving? It's expensive in call. <laughs> it's Texas. pretty pricey. Oh man, I was just talking about that with uh Medina the other day and god, the cost difference, especially where I live, you know, up in Hearn. I mean, it's way cheaper than down here. Um but yeah, that's good. So so biggest thing is cost or Yeah, man, I don't know what they put in the electricity in College Station, Texas, but my bill hasn't been less than $200 a month <gasps> oh even through the winter. How much space are you having to uh heat or cool? Small piddly two yeah? bedroom, one oh. bath. I was talking to some folks who live in a similar space in Bryan. Yeah. And they say, "James, no more than $150 a month in the summer." I said, "Wow." Oh. Get me there. That's crazy different. Get me there. Yeah. And the rent, I know, is a little bit better over there as well. Well, remains to be seen. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll report back on the next one of these things. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you that's in transition right now. You haven't set, found a place, but you are planning to move. Yeah, I got a few more months on my lease. Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, and places up here seem to fly off the market pretty fast, especially rentals. It's one of the best places to live in all of Texas. Is that right? Are you saying that f- based on facts, or are you kind of biased to that? I mean, I think it's subjective. Subjective, okay, of course. But I've been a lot of places, and yeah. this is one of the best. Yeah, you, you've been all over the country, at least, and in, the in a world, yeah. I mean, you've been, you've seen a lot of places, so I, I, I could definitely respect your input on that and your outtake on what place might may or may not be better than another. Um, well, I guess that, that's a good segue into background history and everything for you. Let Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, you had some years in the Navy and everything. And, uh, of course, you're a little Northgate legend over here as well, working on, at one spot for a while. Oh, yeah, so, you heard about me? Yeah, one, you know, directly from you, but, you know, still. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what what's the history? Like, where did you start and how do, you know, how did we get here? You ever heard of Lampasas, Texas? Lampasas, Texas. Most that, people haven't. It's they a small town. They have, it? and then I say, "Oh yeah, what do you know about Lampasas?" They say, "Isn't that near San Saba?" No, if they said, "Is that near San Saba?" They'd yeah. be right. Okay. San Saba. Now, is San Saba bigger than Lampasas? I would think so. If they're a saying a tiny bit, yeah. Okay. It's north of Austin. By like one or two people. Lampasas That's... is an hour north of Austin on I thirty off of I thirty five by about oh, half okay. an hour. Okay, so more central Texas. It's a tiny little town, man. Yeah. Most people never heard about it. See, I for I had land passes in my head as it being more west Texas, but is it west Texas or more central? It's north of Austin, almost directly. Yeah, okay, Austin. so it's central. Got it. Deep in the heart, bro. Deep in the no heart. No lie. 
No lie. Okay, so Land Passes, that's where you started, and then that was where you did a lot of your born and raised? So, I actually started in Germany. Germany. Okay. I spent two years, my first two years. Of life. In Germany. Okay. Dad was in the military, and then uh, I went to Land Passes. I stayed there until high school, and then I moved to a place that you might have heard about. Huh? But you might be too young. I don't know. You ever heard of Vider, Texas? Vider, yes. What have you heard about Vider? There's a lot of uh, conflict over there. <laughs> yeah, that's what people hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I hear as well. Obviously, I'm I'm part of people. <laughs> so coming out of eighth grade, Vider was all over CNN uh-huh. as the capital of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. It wasn't all that. No. 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 That area in general. I mean, it had a couple problems, but yeah. Vider was a a down-home place, small town with a lot of nice folks. Okay. Treated me better than most of the people ever treated me in the whole world. Wow. And uh, everybody there just kind of wanted to be left alone by CNN. Mm. So basically, they just got good marketing and coverage, and that's what that whole town has become known for. Yeah, pretty much yeah. during my life. Wow. What? you want to say what year that was about? Uh, what was that? Nineteen ninety-three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Early nineties. Yeah. Interesting. That was about when I came to be. And then uh, I did a lot of bad things. I probably wouldn't like tell anybody. You know, in high school, okay. I experimented. Okay. And then uh, I got out of all that. Went to live with my dad, who was back in Germany. He was mm-hmm. military. And uh, spent a year in Germany, and then I joined the Navy. And the Navy didn't take me all that far. It took me to. Chicago and New Orleans and Florida. And then I got out of the Navy. And so I've also been to India, Mexico, Canada, China, a couple China. of times to Israel. Okay. Oh, Israel, of course. Yeah. And then up and down the east and the west coast visiting dad while he was in the military. Got it. Got it. How long was he in the military for? Uh, 25 years. Okay. So he retired and everything. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's amazing. Career ground pounder. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I had an interesting conversation the other night, or just enlightening, you know, with with my father, and he was telling me all about, a a little more about our family history, a lot of things that I really hadn't heard, and I'm always curious, because I like to, I like the storytelling, you know, I I love hearing people's stories, backgrounds especially, uh, and, you know, just, where'd you come from, and how'd you get here, basically, you know, so it was, it was fun listening about, uh, you know, my granddad, one of my uncles, which uh, technically his, my father's uncle, um, and which is, I guess, what, my great uncle, and then also um, one of my cousins. A lot of military background there. So anyway, so no, it's very cool to hear, you know, people who have made the military a career. Um, you know, just there's a lot of fun stories I've come across. <laughs> I think it's really cool yeah? to pull those stories out of people before they die. Yeah. Yeah. You let people go in your life. The older you get, the more people you lose. Yeah. And the more people you lose, the more you realize how much you didn't know about where they came from. Yep. Where they were going. Why they how do they things they do. How they cook their cornbread biscuits. Yep. You know, all that stuff you're going to want to know one day. So mm-hmm. conversations with old people are a good idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wish, uh, you know, unfortunately my grandfather, he, so he was Army. And he passed before I was old enough to really... You know, just be old enough to, I'm sure, to maybe understand a, a lot of his stories, um, but also just to fully uh, comprehend some of the details that 
even my dad was telling me about. You know, I'm sure, you know, as a late teen, early 20-year-old, there's no way I could have put his stories into context. Um, at least ne- what I heard the other day. You know, just a 10-year difference, I can say. I could definitely see me being like, oh, okay, and kind of shrug it off. and like, cool story, you know. Um, but now, you know, hearing it down the line and a little more uh, experience has been uh, acquired over the years. I mean, I it's in, and obviously better understanding context. You know, that that's really, I think, the key thing there. But being able to hear that from my dad, I'm like, man, he went through the shitter. You know, some of the things that he did story in the stories that he was telling me, because like, he was in the uh, one of the more, at least what my dad was saying, he uh, one of the more extreme experiences he had in the military or in the army uh, was when he went to Korea and he had a surgery many years later and a few of his uh, you know guys that he knew in the in the service they showed up on a surgery they were just you know being there to check on him and see how he's good well they're telling stories to my dad and my aunt and they're you know both my dad and my aunt they're looking at them in just awe because they haven't heard anything about this just because my granddad never really said anything, never shared stories, didn't want to talk about it. It just didn't exist right in their life. So when they started sharing their experiences, uh, they just went in full shock, just amazed that this existed. And so uh, when the servicemen realized that, you know, realized that they had never heard these stories, they immediately stopped and said, look, it's probably better that you talk to him about it because – you know, there's a lot of things that they endured out there, and we don't want to be the ones to change or, you know, affect the storytelling side of that, you know, especially when you that's your kin. So, anyway, very interesting. Did your dad go through anything like that, or what, what, what was what, what was his involvement here? And then 25, you said 25 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he started off in field artillery as an officer, graduated with West Point, or from West Point. And uh, eventually he found his way working for the defense analyst in the country. He worked for Defense Intelligence Agency, Central okay. Intelligence Agency, uh, a couple other acronyms I can't remember. <laughs> Got it. So, you know, a smart guy, and they pulled him off into Washington about halfway through his career when I was still in my 10s and teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing nothing crazy. No, no, Got no. It. Crazier story. So I have a great aunt Peggy. Okay. Uh, God rest her soul. She's no longer with us, but uh, we became friends late in life, late in my life, and late in her life. And she told me crazy things. You talk about putting things in context. She told me when she was a little girl, mm-hmm. all they had at their house was an outhouse, bro. An outhouse. Crazy the difference in times. I mean, think yeah. about it. An outhouse. Wow. So I like I'm I'm um, the older I get the more into history I am, um, and uh, the more history I read the more I realize that uh, we get these little snapshots at where someone's trying to tell us what to think about what happened, mm-hmm. but the best way, the best way to experience that is to pick up history from your elders, history from you know the old folks in town, yeah, see how they lived it, how they saw it, how they see today, it uh, it always just helps broaden your perspective. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I can. I, I I've always wondered about living with an outhouse. 
go out in the rain. I hear it's and, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a button on one of, one of them buttons that'll give us a little rim shot action. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to play with that next time though. Yeah, man, that that that's amazing. Did you uh so you have an Aunt Peggy, did you ever get a chance to sit down and talk with your dad about stories or anything? Or all the time. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. It was pretty casual just, or mostly we just talk about Bible stuff. Got it. Okay. When we're not yelling at each other, we're talking about the word of the Lord. Why would y'all be yelling at each other? Man. Y'all have some when big differences or what? don't fall too far from the tree. Ah. Uh, you know. Sometimes. Again, <laughs> shit happens. What about your mother? What where was your mother in the in in the midst of all all this traveling and you know that your father was doing? Mom's the sweetest lady I ever met. Yeah. She spent all her time and resources and energy raising me. She is no longer with us. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, man. She had a lot of bad habits. I've inherited a few. Uh oh. Well, at least being a nice person, that's a that's a good habit to have. You, you think could, I'm a nice person? I think decent at least, you know. You're or you're good at pretending at the very least. That's a nice <laughs> thing to say, Cody. Thank you. I don't know if I should take it as I'm a good liar or I'm a nice person. I mean, what's the truth here? What's the truth? What, what, what? There was a guy named Pilot one time. He asked that question. What is truth? Ooh. I like to think I'm a nice person. Are we getting philosophical now? Okay. What we got here? What do James, so Blackwater, you you just poured it up, poured us up a little bit. What 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 is this? Tell us about this. Yeah, so I work for Blackwater Draw, yeah. a brewery in downtown Bryan. Yeah. And uh, my brewmaster makes some of the most badass beers locally. And uh, I'd say they're on a different level. This is something that we just kegged. It's called, uh, you want to know what it's called? I'm, ideally, yeah. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> What's the story on that? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the story is. It's just called Shut Up, Meg. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> it's a It's a vanilla porter here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so cheers. cheers, man. Appreciate it. Can't wait to try this out. So it's a fresh point. brew. Fresh brewed. Oh, very smooth. And the hint of vanilla is a nice touch. It's only going to get better. Yeah? Yeah. So this this is fresh. Like, when you say fresh brewed. I think it was brewed three to four weeks ago. Okay. Uh, but we just put it in kegs. So now we're pouring it. Yeah. It's nice and firm. It's available it's at the brewery. Brew, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be around mm. town. That's very nice. I, and usually I'm not, I really don't drink on the darker side of beers. I like to stay middle of the road, you know, like Mulligan. I'm drinking the Mulligan right here. Uh, but Mulligan and, um, oh, the blueberry. I really like the blueberry. Blueberries and cream, yeah. yeah. And the border town. Border town. border town, that's yep. all ours. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are three I usually stick around. Blueberry, that was supposed to be a seasonal, right, or just like a short release. What? It is. It's it's okay. a short release. Okay. What 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 is the timeline on that? Are you guys Until about we to run, run out? out? How much do you got left? I don't know, man. Enough to keep going. <laughs> go ask the go ask the lines. Draw it. it till it's gone. Draw it till it's gone. I'll take it. I'll take it. No, this is good. This is good. So what got you in Blackwater? You went from Navy to, uh, you did a whole bunch I of other things. I didn't tell you what I did. Yeah, yeah. I almost flunked out A&M. Oh, wow. Yeah. It takes a lot of skill to do that, huh? Yeah, I had an uncle who was a lawyer. Still is, actually. Mm -hmm. And we were pretty close when I was getting ready to transition out of the Navy. And I said, Uncle David, I think I need to go to college. 
And he goes, well, James, that's a good idea. And I said, okay, Uncle David, well, you live in Austin with Aunt Candace, and, um, you know, how's about UT? How's that sound? He goes, well, James, I went to UT. You need to go to A&M. Oh. So I came to A&M. That was it. Only direction he needed. And, uh, well, my whole life, everyone told me. I was like, I want to be an artist. Yeah. And I had uncles and aunts and parents saying, you need to be a doctor. You need to be a lawyer. Some sort of professional. You need to be an engineer. You need to make yeah. money. They couldn't have foreseen the sea change that happened over the last generation where, I don't know, I, I, culture is really popping off. Yeah. Like with yeah. the advent of YouTube and Instagram, yep. art is what it is. And engineers are quitting their jobs to go run hotels. But uh, I thought I'd go be an engineer. It seemed to resonate more than anything else, even mm -hmm. though I had no idea what the hell it was. What that was, right. And then I got into Einstein math, and I said, to hell with this. I'm going to flunk. So I dropped out. <laughs> so I dropped out and uh, started bartending. And I fell in love with beer. I had a lot of fun with it, I know. What do you know about it? Not as much as you. I, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you there's a very creative process to, to create beer. Like they, it takes, obviously there's science and math, but there's a level of love that and, and creativeness behind it that a lot of people don't have. And that, and that's really what helps, uh, separate, you know, great beers from good beers. Yeah, bro. Look, I, I'm not a creative guy anymore. Anymore. You show especially, me some of your art pieces. Especially when it comes to making beer. I have no idea what goes into it except... Water, barley, hops, and yeast. But I'm, Some of the key I ingredients. A, I don't know if you could tell by looking at me, bro. I'm pretty portly dude. I got a well-defined palate. Mm. And so I fell in love with the taste of beer. Yeah. You know, I fell in love with beer that made me feel a certain way. Yeah. Paired well with a hamburger. Yeah. I like those, too. That I don't know if you can tell, but I like those, too. <laughs> You know, I like a I like a beer that pairs with a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I like telling people about it. I like bringing right. their, their them into the experience. And uh, yeah, I did that pretty successfully, even as a portly dude working at a bar in downtown mm -hmm. College Station for about seven years. Yeah, yeah. Pub. A pub. Obans. Yeah, Obanans, the one, the very well known Obanans. Yeah, Irish pub. Yeah, I was there when craft beer kind of popped off in this town. You said oh, I like seven? to think I had a hand in that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, were you Shaping discovering? Minds? Yeah, yeah. Influencer, you were the start of influencing. Well, in I mean, town. there were a lot of influencers, but I like to think I played a little part. I put yeah. my I put my brick in that wall. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I can definitely believe that. I mean, you were, you said oh seven is when you started uh, two thousand bartending over there. That's, yeah, no, I started on the door. Oh, okay. To all of you who might have lost a fake ID to the portly dude on the door back in 2007, I apologize. Really? Do you really apologize? Yeah. Come on, it's kind of fun. They'll be like, no, I'm sorry. As <laughs> for anyone who's been there, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Being turned away at the door on a busy night. And losing your fake ID. Yeah. So did you ever sell Oh, wait, I didn't take 40, any fake 50, IDs. 60, You're not supposed to do that. It didn't oh, really? It didn't happen. Oh, it didn't happen. It never happened. All right. I'll just cut the section out, I guess. Nah, nah, man. <laughs> you can talk about it. It just didn't happen. For allegedly. 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 But uh, it didn't take too long. I worked hard. From and, door to... Uh, 
to Floor, you okay. know, picking up glasses, washing yeah. glasses, saying hi to people, to bartending. Is that the normal flow of working your way up in a bar? It depends on the bar. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Some people just see a pretty girl bartender. That's all they. I mean, I can't speak to that, <laughs> you know, but I know how I did it. I yeah. busted my ass. That's good. And you said two, three months? And then you went from... I don't remember. Oh. Man. You know how much beer I drank between 2007 and 2014? Well, if I were to do backwards math, I have an idea of how much you've drank since we've met. And how much is that? I haven't ex- exactly penciled it out, but... <laughs> Would you say it's, a lot? It's more than most of these kids out here are drinking. I tell you a what, little bit. I tell you what, bro. I'm looking at your beer and my beer, and I see you got a lot more beer gone than I do. Are you sure that you're not the one Hold drinking on. the beer? Look at this. Hold on. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm I'm a little portly as well. You know, just I like burgers. So okay, no, I respect <laughs> that. I do. I do. One thing I, you know, so you mentioned. Uh, I want to get this out of my head before I forget, uh, especially as more and more of these hops and. Water, water, and and barley. Yeah, Yeah. everything starts uh, uh, dissolving inside of me. But uh, you mentioned the, you know, the arts, YouTube coming around, and and people leaving these. I would say kind of essential jobs, right? I mean, especially in construction and engineering, that's a crucial role. Um, These, these very, I like to define them as rigid careers and jobs, and just, you know set parameters right there's no super scientific exactly exactly very set parameters exactly so uh I, I, I wanted to pick your brain because i i've been stewing on this theory that i think our you know current time we're either starting or we're already experiencing sort of a renaissance like that happened back in what was the 1700s uh where it's just all this art music experience started to come back and people got away from you know like i said the construction the the very rigidness of life they wanted to just experience something new get a refreshness uh do you do you think we're in that would you agree with that or do you think we're experiencing do you seeing do you think we're on the rise of a renaissance right now or modern day obviously i'll tell you I think that things are happening so fast to change the world around us that we can't tell where we're at. We barely know a hole from our own ass. That's true. Because the things that are changing in our days, nobody's ever seen them before. Mm-hmm. Take AI. Yep. I can go to a program on my phone and ask it to teach me a new language, and it does a pretty good job. Yep. Or it finds you information. A lot faster than you pulling up a browser and typing a question. Or I can say, paint me a picture of a pretty girl in the style of Van Gogh using this color palette, and it'll do it. So when I got to compete with something that technically profound, like it's like, I, I don't know, man. I think um, the technical objective, and when I say objective, I mean dealing mm. with reality jobs. Yeah. Like those are necessary Vincent Van Gogh needed a doctor when he cut his ear off. Right. Okay. There's always going to be people who are well slotted for that. And only at certain times in history are the folks that are a little more, 
I don't know, free with their thoughts, a little less structured and abstract, can really prosper. I think that we've been in a time where that prosperity has uh, has been going strong, and I think that, uh, I don't know, I think that, that kind of abstract thinking has the potential with, with all these new technologies to take us in some pretty interesting directions. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't compare it to that old renaissance. And maybe if I lived back then and then I lived today, I would. Mm-hmm. It just seems, it seems like this is, a, this is a brutally different time. Right. Modern touch. AI technology obviously has a big part of that or a big separation from then to now. Plus, we have air conditioning. Hey, gotta love air conditioning. We have air conditioning. We have running water. No outhouses. <laughs> um, now we have in houses. I got a microwave. Right? Yep. I don't yep. got a stoke of fire. Yep. You know, I've got cable TV and Xbox to just bleed away my life if I want to. Surviving is different now. Surviving isn't hunting your food or finding water or skinning an animal for for clothing. Now it's pay your bills. Yeah, and and most people, one way or another, can can pay the minimum necessary bill to live better than folks did three centuries ago. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do much. You got to show up on time. You got to count your beans. They give you a paycheck. Hammer this nail. Draw this graph. You keep the roof over your head. Maybe you keep the electricity on. Yeah. Maybe you're stocked up in ramen. Maybe you make friends at the local fast food joint. They give you a bunch of free meals. Mm -hmm. It's not so hard to live anymore. And uh, I think survival is actually maintaining a desire to live when everything is handed to you so readily. Right. I mean, there are all sorts of people right now that have no problem keeping the lights on. They got a problem with keeping their own lights on. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Interesting. I'd love for you to expand on that. That that's that's an interesting statement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, have you looked at the suicide statistics in the last two to three years? I haven't. I've I've heard that it's been on the rise though. Go check it out, man. Then yeah. come back to me. Okay. It's a different challenge. Yeah. You know, you gotta. F- everyone, everyone is looking for meaning. You don't just go out and drink to make bad decisions like you did back in two thousand seven. You know, maybe get lucky, stumble into something fun. Yeah. You gotta have a place to go. You gotta have something you're gonna do. You gotta take pictures of it. You gotta blog about it. Yeah. You're constantly digging for meaning because you have all this free time. Because you're not hunting, like surviving per se, all d- doing all the steps of life from even 20 years ago, I would say. Yeah, Maslow's dead. You know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Most of that stuff's taken care of now pretty, yeah, without a lot of effort. Right. In this country. Right. Like we're at the here. top of the food chain, man. Yeah. Our our poorest of poor can go out and panhandle at the corner of get a couple uh, hundred dollars. It's crazy. University and the feeder. Yeah. Two, three hundred dollars. Right there. And And do whatever they want with it. They don't have bills, taxes if they're just homeless and no phone or anything. When I was when I was working at Starbucks in two thousand seven, there was uh there was this dude, I can't even remember his name, but 
he had a ministry. Mm-hmm. And what he would do is he had himself a VW van, and he went and talked to all the local HEBs. There were less than about when they threw their meat out because mm-hmm. there's a little sticker on the meat. Right. When the sticker Sell hits, by. Right. you throw it in the garbage. Don't he found out when they were throwing their meat out, and then he'd go harvest all that meat out of the garbage, and he'd take it down to a local park, and he'd cook it for anybody who wanted to show up and eat it. Wow. That's how wealthy this country is. What's amazing is, isn't that illegal? Like, yeah, like of course now, it's illegal. Well, no, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. That isn't that isn't that crazy. You understand? That is though, illegal. So I told you I went to India. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. In India it was a different thing. I believe it. We're the rich white Americans who show up one day to ride the little uh, scrimshaw, whatever the hell it is, the little bike. Okay. Little dude pop like rides you around town ten miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the middle of like bustling right. Delhi. Just craziness. Yeah. And two little kids, an eight year old and eleven year old, chase us the entire time, keeping up with the guy who's trying to get away from him on a bike. Me and my little brother. We got the equivalent of about one quarter of a penny in our hand between their change. Yeah. We watch these kids run ten miles and he looks at me and I look at him and he's he's probably nine years old. He goes, you need to give him something. I said, all right, sure. I threw him my box sheesh. That's what they call it. Okay. They scrambled. They grabbed it. And then their mom just ha- or whoever came out of the crowd, smacked them around, took away their money and said, go out and get more. Little kids' stomachs are swollen. They're eating rocks, right? Because wow. there's no food. Yeah. So... Then you come back here and people are throwing away their pizza crusts and it's just eye opening how prosperous and how blessed we are yeah. in this country. Absolutely. Wow. Crazy. What I mean, you mentioned India. I was I right before you brought that story up, I wanted to ask, you know, since you've seen many parts of the world, what is it like in other places? So India like that you got kids chasing you on a what what's it called the well, street bike or? yeah whatever yeah. that thing's called yeah. but I, I think india is coming along too india's okay. embraced a lot of our capitalist tendencies okay the better off a country does um with a good structure they have, they have wonderful family structure in india um and they have our capitalist stuff going on so that the producers are being rewarded. I imagine since I was there in, in 1998, it's probably gotten better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they probably yeah, hit a certain level of prosperity. Almost 30 years now, yeah. But, uh, you know, there are places like that in the world. And I haven't been back to India. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, since it's since then, I would hope it progressed in some sense. And past 20 something years you sure hope so yeah especially if they're rewarding the right things right right so what do you think the reason was why do you think they were living like that uh, i don't know man I, yeah so I, do you do you believe in god gotta believe in something right i don't know do yeah. you yeah okay you know about him when you what do you mean by that what's your definition of no like, what do you know about God? So, I've actually haven't been as devout as I could have been for a long time. Um, I was talking with Medina on my Monday or Tuesday. 
it was Monday or two, one of those days, um, you know, we were just catching up. We were actually at O'Bannon's uh, catching up. Yeah. Uh, good That's place. a good place to go get beer, by the way. Yeah. Very great place. Good. Always a great time and experience over there. Um, Thursday nights, half off drafts. <laughs> you don't even work there. Why are you promoting them? <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Let's get let's reel it back in, reel it back in. Um, anyway, so we were talking about that, and you know, I guess we both share the same like childhood experience of just being forced into a church, and then we started uh, talking about how there's different types of churches, right? You got Catholic, you've got uh, like I was baptized as Episcopal, and and you know when I mentioned that to Medina, he mentioned, isn't it crazy that you're baptized before your life is even you you have nothing to really wash away as a kid, you know. So that and and so what we, do you? I mean, so hold on, help me understand. Uh-huh. What are you washing away? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 the thing was, I didn't understand that at the time. Just it was just more of a ritual. Hey, everybody else is doing it, doing it. And it, because my parents or you know my mother. Hey, this is what we're doing. You're doing this today. Like she she planned it out for me, right? Um, so got baptized early. I, I would say I was probably around ten years old, if I remember correctly, around that age. And I didn't fully understand it. it. It was to a point where I was already checked out because I was so disinterested in being there. Had no interest in. I wanted to get away from it. Why? Tell me about it. Just being forced to be around it. On top of, uh, and I, I say forced being. Um, it was, it was, it got to the point in my life where I I did, I had no interest in learning more about it just because I was put into so many different things as a kid, uh, activities, right? And I was just tired, burnt out. It was one of those things where it was was more of a inconvenience, you know, I was like, so let me ask you about mm -hmm. it. So when you went to church Mm -hmm. or a church activity, can you remember much about what you were thinking when you wanted to get out of there? I really don't remember anything about church. <laughs> I, other really? than going to the uh, other, we went to the services, and w- so here here's really what I remember about church: going to services pr- pretty consistently. I mean, there were some times where because I didn't want to go and I just got mouthy and stubborn with with my mom, and, um, we wouldn't go um, because it just turned into a big fight, but. I mean, I would say at least half a month we were going. Every you know, two three weeks out of a month we were we were at church. Um, but I rem- all I remember is going, just sitting there, not even listening, just coloring. No engagement at all. No engagement. Just so y- nothing to learn. So disinterested and didn't want to be a part of anything. Did it? Did any of that stuff from church touch any other element of your life? Like, was your mom? Did she talk about the Bible? No. She talked about the Quran. And that, that was the other thing. There was no outside of going to church. Didn't really exist. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's pretty tragic. So, well, and that's what Medina and I were talking about is, you know, I'm seeing him, and I was we were talking about as, you know, I, I know that he's consistently reading through the Bible, and he's applying different things in you know, his life, uh, or applying himself differently based on how the morals that he's 
taking from the Bible, moral life guidance, so on and so forth from the Bible. So, and there's a lot of things I'm like, you know, I, I would love to follow in the same step because there's a lot of things I see eye to eye with even without reading the Bible, you know, but I know that there's a lot in the Bible that, you know, can apply today in, in that I already agree with, right? It's just a matter of now doing it. So it's funny, literally last night, he had an extra Bible and he gave it to me. That's cool. So you should read it. Yeah, no, that's that's the plan. Um, we like act- like really read it. No, absolutely. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I, I wanted to get away. Just you know, as a kid, I wanted to get away from it just so I could have my own interaction with it. I want to get into it. How I I don't know. I I I, I just didn't want to go and just make it a, a another part of life. Oh, this Sundays we do this and have no application outside no meaning. of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the uh, context. Exactly. All these words we've been talking about. Yeah, exactly. So uh yeah, now we're getting back into it. You know and I guess you know, I, I started questioning when we were talking about it, you know, in in literally just this reminded me of uh this question is going to church on Sundays, is that more of a just a process it's something you add to your routine or is there actually i'm sure you can meet great people i don't i don't doubt that at all but if you're already at home reading your bible and applying things in your life through that way is going to church like how is it seen i guess that's my question how like if you don't go to church but you you're at home applying and in reading the bible and applying things from the Bible to your everyday life and living to those standards that, you know, and following those, those guidelines in life. What, um, is, is there, is it frowned upon it even if you don't go to church? Like, are you still, how does it work? You know, that, that's always a question in my head is just because, I mean, we've, you know, outside of church, like we've only got so much time to live, right? So much time to do things in life. Right. And, and, how does going to church apply or fill in versus reading every day, right? So this all started, this line of conversation started, because you asked me why I think it's so different in America versus a place like India. Yeah. That's where we came yeah, from. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I've been pretty honest. I made a lot of really, really stupid decisions all along my life of, you know, a piece, uh, a tiny little 45 years. And one day, I got serious about reading my Bible. And I started to read it, and I started to look. You know, to answer your question, I think the reason this country's been so successful and so blessed is because it was literally founded upon the stuff I'm reading that God told the children of Israel to do. It's founded upon the same value set. It's founded upon, there's a concept in the Bible. I looked, I checked uh, some of the other ancient literature. It's the concept of an equal weight and an equal measure. You know what that means? Tell me. When you go to the market and you do business and you don't Mm -hmm. have dollar bills, Mm -hmm. but you got a pound of grain, and the other guy's got a pound of silver. Mm, one for one. Well, so when you pull out your scales, you have to be able to have a 
level of communication so that when you put, you say, okay, pound of grain is worth half a pound of silver. And I'm just making numbers up. But how do you measure the pound? Well, you have weights in your bag. And the weights are the, the quarter pound, the half pound, the pound, the five pound, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you stick your little half pound on there and you measure out your silver. Well, people have not always had the desire to be honest. Matter of fact, even today in business, most people are trying to get over on somebody else. Right. But the idea is is that instead of carrying around a set of weights, one for when it's going to benefit you and one from when you're going to screw over the other guy, you have one set of weights in your bag and you do all your measuring on an equal footing. So if you come to an agreement with a guy and you say half a pound of silver for a pound of grain and you pull out the half a pound and you pull out the pound, you're not screwing him over and he's not screwing you over. Western society and the free market capitalist system has been built on that idea, whether people recognize it today or not. You show up and someone has a label on the milk, $4.99, God help us. $4.99, you pull a five out of your wallet, you know you're going to get a penny back. Mm -hmm. That creates a trust. You go to the grocery store, you know you got $5 on your pocket, you know you're going to get a gallon of milk. That's originating from the Bible. Hmm. And that's where all the prosperity comes from. It gives you like an equal playing field in the marketplace, and that's where a lot of our laws, laws are built. And so when I started to recognize that the, the stuff that the Bible was saying was good, the stuff that the Bible where the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is saying is good, was working... I said, oh, my goodness, I better read more of this. And the more I read, the more I see how good it is. But when you go to church, you're not taught to read the Bible. Someone pulls a verse out, and then they talk to you for half an hour. Yep, that's exactly how it went. What, you remember? Well, nothing specific. That was just, it was the process. It was the routine. You know, get there, sit, song, song, songs, words, being spoken, song, 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 words being spoken. No connection to anything in your life. No. No, you got more connection to doing good and doing bad based on Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus is used as the instrument to make you be good. And, you know, the funny thing is is that most little American kids learn what, it, what good and bad is through the lens of the Bible, and they don't even realize it because it's so baked into our right. culture. Right. But Santa Claus, who's not anywhere in the Bible becomes that prodding stick. Speaking of Santa Claus, I heard something the other day that Santa Claus is made up. Like, like it, not, of course he's made up, but he made up in the sense, not by anything biblical. Apparently, this all came through the Coca-Cola company. John Rockefeller, I believe. Rockefeller Company back in the 30s or 40s. He needed a new marketing campaign to yeah. sell a bunch of stuff in December. Yeah. No, I go. It's fascinating. Go look it up. Yeah. No. No. That. That's. I heard the story. This guy explained it and saying, Coca Cola. They saw sales kind of dip off, and uh, they came up with the Santa Claus concept, and well, I guess work like a charm. <laughs> Santa Claus still here, and now it's it's part of you know the the you know Christmas celebration now. I mean, Santa. You see Santa Claus sculptures. Uh, you know the the. The pictures, everything hanging on on uh, houses and sitting in yards. So, very interesting, isn't it? So before that, though, like you know, in, originally in this country, people didn't celebrate Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. It's 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 not anywhere in the Bible. Right. Now the birth of Jesus might be in the Bible. Easter was bigger than Christmas. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorta. Sorta. I'm going off what that what the uh, that video the guy in the video. Bro. Was yeah. This is what I'm talking about. People have to do their research. Yeah. Like you're you're how old? About to be thirty. Yeah. Yeah. You're a man. So it's time to figure out how to orient your life. Right. You either orient, like, I mean, seriously, like, ask yourself the question, what measuring stick, what compass, what, whatever, what am I, what, what measure in my pocket am I using to measure the things that I'm doing in this world? I used to ask a friend of mine who was an atheist. He'd say, oh, that, that's horrible. And, and man, that guy's so evil. And I'd say, how do you define evil? And he'd say, well, everybody just knows what evil is. And i say, really? What ha- tell me about Hitler and, and Nazi Germany. Because you had a whole society that just agreed one day it was okay to export and, and mass murder mm-hmm. Jews. So how are you going to let society define that for you? And he didn't like where that line of questioning led. <laughs> like if there really is good yeah. and there really is evil in the world has to be defined somewhere and once you figure out like i've i think i've figured out that there is good and there is evil and i go to those scriptures specifically the foundation scriptures the first five books to figure out what god calls good and what god calls evil because i've thrown all in with him i believe in with my whole heart Mm -hmm. and i've got to live my life that way very good i like that I hope I uh, be able to follow up with that one day. I just got to get to reading. Yeah, hey, just read your Bible, man. Got to, I got, I got to get to it. No, that's the plan. The plan is to make it a daily part of life. Yeah, so, and not yeah. like that. Oh, it's ten thirty. Let me open the Bible. <laughs> Next thing you know, ten you got pages. Full marks on it, right? You weren't really paying attention, right? Like that's like going to church, bro. Yeah. You got to read it, and you got to say it says, "Covet." What's covet mean? Let me go find out. Let me open a book. Yeah, five sources of that word. Let's see how people are talking about it. Right. Like let's dig like we were talking about gardening the other day. Yeah, that's very interesting. I definitely want to talk about gardening. Gardening. I I thought that was a a a fun conversation. In 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 my worldview, oldest profession in the world. Yeah. Well, you said that was the number one pastime in America. Is that what it was? What'd you say? It was the number one something in America. I said that's where everybody sort of gravitates to eventually. Like the older yeah. you get, the more you're likely to be planting something. To gardening, in some sense, yeah. Whether it be a flower, or some basil, something, or, or maybe your homesteading and growing your corn. Just one of taters. <laughs> hey, I'm actually really wanting to do that. Just, I mean. Okay, good. How cool is that, right? I mean, not 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 for this like for the pride in it, but just how many people are out there are, are real farmers? How many people are are ranchers, right? Bro, how cool is it that you can cut a potato into little pieces and bury them in the ground and then get a bunch more, more potatoes? potatoes? That's a crazy way to reproduce, isn't it? Works like that with all the plants, man. It also works like that with all the animals, right? You get a male, you get a female. Yeah. And then if you do it, if you handle it right, you get as many as you want. It's amazing. So what do you know about gardening? What what what, what you you said you are gardening right now? You no, already man. no okay. I don't have a lot of patience. No. 
No, I don't have any dirt. I live really? in an apartment on the second floor. I'd have to uh, buy a planter. Yeah. And then I got to get some soil. We actually found something the other day. Medina uh, pulled it up. It was some. It's like an all-in-one soil. It's a. It starts out as a brick. You know, like a legitimate brick. We all know what that is. I'm sure. Uh, but when you add water, it actually fills up a whole planter. How much does that cost? <sighs> I didn't look at the price. I just huh. was amazed at the video. You know, I just saw shiny lights and ooh ah ooh ah. You know, so, but uh, basically, you get all this uh, soil, and just I guess you start planting from there. But anyway, we did, we, we're barely scratching the surface on that. We, we, like I said, we we just started the conversation with with the group of us, and uh, overall positive feedback, and and just seemed to peak quite a few quite a bit of interest Good. so we might start you know doing our own little so thing with gardening some potatoes and some corn yeah be in touch bro absolutely i hope you get rid of that stuff you can't get rid of <laughs> like i don't know what? if you know but i like to eat <laughs> you mentioned something about burgers i don't have a cow though that's the only thing yeah i, I gotta yeah. meet somebody with some of those preferably a male and a female well, cow. we were actually looking into getting um Doing a bulk purchase of meat, like buying a cow or a half. You know cow. how much money you save doing that? It's, but that's a lot of meat. I mean, I don't. You'd have to keep it frozen for a long time. Deep freezer's like two hundred bucks. I know, but how much are you paying per pound on that cow when you buy it at a half a cow s- or a quarter of a cow? So for for a half cow, it was around a little over nine dollars a pound, and then for a full cow. It was like eight seventy a pound. So I've seen. So it was like probably like a fifty you cent difference. Need, you need to shop around. Well, that was a place in Bastrop. I know. Shop yeah. around. Okay. They're probably feeding that cow special grass. Last time yeah. I talked to somebody just a couple weeks ago because I, I asked about it too. I don't even have a freezer, but I asked. I about thought it was it. pretty pricey. It was like five six bucks a pound. Wow. Process everything, ready to go in yeah. packs. Yeah. Who is this? Hey, tell me later. Shop around. <laughs> shop around. All right, I'm going to shop around. Talk to all those little local people who are yeah. selling cows by the quarter and the half. I, it didn't take me a long time to find it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, before everything started shooting up in price, I think it was at f- like $3 a pound. Mm, wow. And I, if I want to go crazy. buy a nice steak from HEB, like a good prime ribeye, yeah. 16 bucks a pound to yep. 20 bucks a pound. Yep. And if I want to go to Aldi, it's $3 less, but it's still expensive. <laughs> It, yeah, man, I would love to buy bulk like that. Yeah, I would love that. Um, the oh man, yeah, because I was at the other day. I was do you at, cook? Yeah, I cook. I was. I was what like, do you cook? What do I cook? I have a pretty uh, pretty small diet. Uh, I don't really like. I don't really venture out and. Just buy. I want to. The problem is where I where I, where I live. The space I have to cook. You don't really have much, and I have a, a small cooktop, two burner cooktop, so cool. nothing crazy. So what do you cook? So all I cook, eggs, bacon, steaks. That's it. That's formidable, bro. Just. I throw an occasional onion in there, maybe some yeah. garlic. Getting fancy over here, huh? But mostly it's just eggs. sprinkle a little parsley on top. You know, make it look fancy. You take um, a half of a small onion, doesn't matter what color, yeah. cut it up into little tiny cubes. Mm-hmm. They say dice the onion. Yeah. Throw it in with a little bit of olive oil, mince a clove of garlic, let that start to saute and smell good. Okay. 
Take about three big heaping tablespoons of some crushed tomatoes. Ooh. Add just a little water to soften it out. Yeah. And then you toss in a couple dashes of paprika, a couple dashes of cumin, a dash of chili powder. And once it starts to bubble, you plop two to three eggs in, depending on how big your skillet is. Mm-hmm. Equal parts distant. Cover it up for 15 minutes. Turn the heat off, and you got shakshuka. That stuff is thebomb.com. What 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 that dish where where does it come from? Where's the original Africa? Africa? Okay. It's either Africa or Spain. I think there's you know, they'll argue. Yeah. But uh it's a really neat way to eat eggs. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna have to yeah, what's it called again? Shakshuka. Shakshuka. S H A K S H U K A. Shakshuka. Yeah. Very interesting. It's good. Yeah. I might have to I eat it almost every day. Yeah? See, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't go crazy. I mean, I just, like I said, eggs, bacon, steaks. That's, I keep it simple. Um, really, just because one of the one of the things I've been focusing on this year is getting to a simple process, something that's just in and out, time, effective for the time, right? Uh, so, I mean, that's all I do. I, I chop bacon up, throw it in the pan, brown it a little, get it a little started on browning, th- add the eggs mix it up, takes away the grease from the pan, so I don't have to clean that up. Uh, and then, you know, so it makes cleaning easier and a little more streamlined. And then, yeah, I mean, the eggs are even more delicious because now they're soaked in the, the bacon grease. Um, Sounds like a good process. It's simple, simple. Simple. That's, that's I'm getting down to meats and potatoes in life. I'm just trying to have a streamlined, simple life just so I can maximize the rest of my day. So you're not dating anyone? No. Cost too much. I look at you know it's funny I made a uh, I made a comment because uh, you know my 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 mom she'll ask every now and then um, but I mean I think now she's aware of how I stand on things but when it comes to relations and all that but uh, but a, a while back I made a a joke with her I was like you know if I were to actually look into marriage it's a bad business decision because <laughs> if that partner leaves. That they could take half of what I built. Eddie Murphy made a whole comedy skit about exactly. that. Exactly. In Raw. Do you, do you ever watch Raw? Never. It, was it back when he was doing stand up in the 80s or what was it? 80s or yeah, li- early you 90s? You can still find it. Yeah. Too. Go oh, watch I'm sure. Raw. He goes and gets a bride from a country who doesn't yeah. know any of our laws. Right. And he brings her back and things go well for a time. And then she makes a friend in the neighborhood. Oh, they start talking. She realizes. And then all of a sudden he comes home one day and she goes, Hoff, Eddie, I want Hoff. Yeah, exactly. Not trying to fall into that. So no, it it really is. Um, it's a it's a horrible business. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't mean it's not out there for you though. No, 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 no. I, I'm I'm absolutely open to it. It's just I got to disclose that on the front end. Very business, you know, handle like business. Just Pre-up. say hey, exactly. But even still, those are leak proof. They're they're not leak proof. That you can still lose some assets through really? that. Yeah. Have you talked to a lawyer? Yep. Damn. Yeah, they've they're they're not perfect. They're not hundred percent yours. So, Damn. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you know, at the end of the day, I might as well just have a roommate that you know. 
if I needed to, I'd be like, no, you go sleep in that room tonight. I was going to say, man, you know, eating bacon and eggs every day is fine for a dude. Yeah. Like that's Oh, but when you get a girl involved, go. no way. I told you, shakshuka yep. every day. That's fancy? It's a simple process. Okay. It's a little fancier yeah. than your bacon and eggs. Yep. But it's simple. It's repeatable. I don't have to be awake to do right, it. Right, right. But as soon as a girl comes into the picture, it's like, let's oh, go out to the gonna... Olive Garden. <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> Let's go to the Urban Table. I know. Let's go That's see what just... they got going on at Taco Crave. Let's go check it out. We could. Or I could find a girl already in this industry, you know, that gets the, I don't want to do anything today. Maybe there's that out there. For a little while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying when they're selling we're always going to be like man. that. No, no. And I'm, I'm not sexist. I, I, think, yeah. I think women have, have a more well-defined palette than we do yes and they like uh to experience more than we yeah in in it's funny you say that because i literally uh, i wouldn't say delegated but in my last relationship um we, we dated for a while i think we were so we talked for almost a year and then we dated i, th- I believe for almost three so we we were like right at three four year mark um so things were pretty far along between us but one thing i trusted her to handle was the social life. Hey, you do something with the friends. Like, you make make it happen. I'll show up. Be a part of it, you know? Um, you want to go eat? Great. Find a place. Make it happen. You know? I'll show up. We're going to eat. That's that's all my role. I, I, would, I, I don't want to think about it because I want to stay in bare, minimal necessity mode, right? How, how'd that work out for you? It was starting to work out really well. It, it was really just there, the, there was a learning curve on both sides, you know, because she was like, oh, I, I, wa- I want your input. I don't want you to feel left out. And, and it took a while for her to realize, like, if I'm there, how am I going to feel left out? There's no, uh, there's no process for me to, like, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time trying to plan something. So we actually went on a trip. Uh, we went on a little anniversary trip. To Disney World. Disney Did World. she planned it? Yeah. How'd it go? Smooth. So smooth. How long were y'all dating? All So we, so all in, I would say, we were over three years. I don't remember the exact count. It's like three and a half years, I'd say, round numbers. But three and a half years, yeah. But yeah, very, it was smooth because I, I, was, also, I was also working a lot more back then. Like I was, would just work alone 12, 14 hours. And then it's like get home, work a little bit more. And Is that when you sleep. were selling properties? That's when I was in real estate. Yeah, and I was so I wasn't only selling properties per se. Uh, back then, so in 2016, uh, October of 2016, I left a real estate company that was a part of since 2013, and uh, I started working with investors, uh, real estate investors uh, all across Houston, and they were from all over the country. I mean, they, they were part of a larger network where they all met, and then each of them, you know, they although they knew each other, they were still doing their own projects. They weren't all 100% intertwined or anything. So uh, I was working strictly for them. I mean, it got to the point, uh, 2017 was the best year that we did overall. Everything was just, that was the smoothest things had gone, uh, but also in 2017, uh, August 2017 specifically, Hurricane Harvey hit. And that affected a lot. Um, I mean, it was obviously not to the same, 
you know, detriment as COVID did on a lot of businesses, but I mean, it affected a lot though. I mean, we're talking the, the quickest someone made a rebound was six months. And even still, they're a little. I gotta. I still gotta do this little thing. So you were dealing with property predominantly in the southeast part of Texas. Yes, yes, and in residential as well. Um, this was right before I transitioned and gotten into commercial property. So uh, residential. Now, what we had gotten into full scale was uh, we started on you know just small, easy in and out projects. Um, you know, just you know it was something as simple as like a rental property. Helping someone find, uh, you know, take over, do a small renovation, and then rent a property out, and then it got to the point where, all right, now we're doing small remodels where you've got, like, for example, I'll give you one house that stands out because this was just a home run deal. We were in and out of this project seventy three days, like bought, renovated, sold it again in seventy three days. It and they were all in two hundred and twelve. $212,000, somewhere around there, two fifteen maybe, maybe two twenty. L- early, low 20s, sold it for 300 just 73 days. So not a bad turnaround. Um, so if you want to get into real estate, you need to talk to this man right here. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, by the way, Cody, uh-oh. I just want to bring it up again. What's that? You're still ahead of me in the beer. I'm excited. It's great beer. I don't know what you want me to say. Just keep drinking it, bro. Cheers to, to Cheers. Cheers to Blackwater always. And uh, industry nights on Sundays. I heard that's a new thing. And Tuesdays. And Tuesdays. Oh. So we got any industry people out there listening to this. Y'all be sure to swing by Blackwater Draw Tuesdays, Sundays. What, what's the special? What are we doing for industry night, James? Half off beer. Half off beer. So for- imagine drinking really good beer for 3 or $4 a pint. Not terrible. See where you can do that in town. Only at, with us and at O'Bannon's. Oh, O'Bannon's, yeah. And, and, and honestly, Carney's on Tuesdays. Carney's? Hey, Carney's a good spot, too. Carney's, I Carney's like Carney's. Good, those are good people. Really cool place, yeah. Carney's, uh, I used to love, well, I say used to, I still love hanging out there, but I just haven't been over there in a while. Carney's a great place, though. Carney's really cool place. Carney's, O'Bannon's, Blackwater Draw. I know all the specials. If you ever want to know anything, you can get a hold of me. <laughs> Definitely got to plug you in. Like four downs, you can drink Hazy Lady for two dollars and fifty cents. I think on Tuesdays. And Holy Thursdays. cow, Hazy Lady! Yeah, that's, for, her, oh, that's her catch everybody up. What, what, what's Hazy Lady? First of all, tell tell them about Hazy Lady. So it's uh, like the name implies. It's a fresh, dank, juicy, hazy IPA. And the thing about hazies, an IPA, Cody. So yeah, now India Pale Ale. Do you know about the India Pale Ale style? Tell us about it. Because there's people for listening that don't. So, originally, it was called India Pale Ale because in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. they'd try to ship beer to their Indian part of the empire around the Horn of Africa. And all the beers were going bad. And they figured out, man, if we put a shit ton of hops in this beer, it'll make it around and it'll still taste like it's supposed to. So, they called it the India Pale Ale. Interesting. Yeah, so they were bitter beers. Yeah. The most bitter beers. And then when America got a hold of the style and it really took off in the craft boom of like, 2000, I'll say 2010 to 2017. I was going to say early 2010s. That's where I noticed, especially around yeah. Houston, where it really it, started it, it, taking it off. Yeah, some, some laws changed around that time and uh, made it easier for people in Texas to kind of enter into that market. But 
Americans like to do everything bigger, harder, faster, more yep. intensely. Yeah. We want to be the biggest, best. Capitalism, man. Capitalism. So our, our beer started getting really bitter. Mm. Really bitter. Really yeah. alcoholic. Dripping with uh, those terpenes. Okay. Because, you know, the hop is a cousin of the cannabis plant. Mm. The flavor profiles very are very similar. Very interesting. But uh, after five, six years of that, competing in that market of just really heavy, really bitter, really alcoholic beers and calling them India Pellels and yeah. double India Pellels and triple India Pellels, this weird thing happened where everybody said, I want the freshest sampling of all those taste notes in the hop. And the hazy IPA was born. And the hazy IPA is counterintuitive. So the India Pella was made to last a long time. Mm-hmm. The hazy IPA tastes better when it's fresh. So if you're in the Bryan College Station area, the freshest hazy that you can get is Hazy Lady. Hazy Lady. Yeah, it's a phenomenal work, piece of chemistry that uh, Chris Weingart made up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it tastes light. It's 8.5% alcohol, but you never know what drinking it. It pairs well with Thai food. Yeah, you've got it down when it comes to being able to pair these beers with food. You know, have y'all ever thought about bringing out different food vendors based on the pairings? So we have a food truck. Okay. And uh, it's it's pretty stationary. It's part of yeah water draw. Right. Uh, it's it's the same same guy who was cooking back when we were on Northgate. Okay. Will. Okay. He makes badass food. Where was he have cooking Have you ever at? had the food at the food No, truck? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. He wasn't open this past Sunday. I don't think so. No, but he's going to start opening some on Sundays, and then when he's not open, we're going to start rotating in some, some different food trucks. Okay, okay. So, and then I'll be working Sunday nights, so if the food truck's open, I'll be suggesting to people, like, the best beers to have with the food. Yeah. See, that, that, that'd be a cool thing. You know, do, like, Taste Tuesdays, Taste Test Tuesdays or something, where, uh, especially with if you pair with Industry Night... And you have a food vendor come out. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. The whole idea of industry night Tuesdays and Sundays is to get people to make more tips. <laughs> that's important. Yeah. And I mean, really, that's what it's about for any industry night. Just when you have any bar that has an industry night, the whole industry. I mean, especially around here on Northgate. Oh, uh, yeah. But I didn't out. say come out and tip me. You tip oh, me whatever, no. but... What I'm saying is I want you to go back to your bar armed mm. with knowledge yeah, that will get you more tips. Mm. Especially if they serve black water. Look at me. Do I look like that pretty girl working the bar downstairs? Be honest. Uh, if there was only two of y'all. He said, uh... <laughs> I had to come up with a a, a proper re- if you response. had to choose, right, one to look at. I mean, you know, based on gender, yeah, I probably wouldn't pick you. So you'd pick me based on my looks, your personality. Oh, <laughs> personality goes a long way," said Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction when they were talking about sewer rat and it, and pigs. Oh, exactly, exactly. And that's fine. I'm gonna tell you. The way I made my money, and I made uh-huh. a lot of money on Northgate. Mm-hmm. The way I made my money is to be able to talk to people about the yeah. things that they wanted to talk about. And when they come in to drink beer, one of the things they want to talk about is beer. And so Especially you in a tell pub. Them, they say, I want a beer. Yeah, I got 16 beers. What do you want? That's a, that's a horrible question. What is your favorite beer? That's a better question. Gives you a solid starting point. Yeah, yeah. and if you, if you know your beer, 
and you know where your bear sits in regards to those beers, then yeah, you hand them something and they're like, this guy's a fucking rock star. Yep. And next thing you know, the 300 pound portly dude who, you know, looks a little bit better than, uh, you know, Arnold the pig, uh, he's making pretty good tips. Yep. And so, um, look, it's a hard economy. And in a hard economy, it's good to gravitate to local businesses. It's good to build yeah. a tribe, build a family. This whole town, the reason I came back here after doing a lot of other things that we didn't get into tonight, but maybe yeah. in the future. Yeah, we have to. The reason I came back here is because the vibe of the town, small town. It's a big town, but it feels like a small town. Yeah. I leave my truck unlocked. No Nobody's going to mess with it. Somebody backs into me in the parking lot, they're going to pull out their insurance card nine times out of ten. We got a good vibe. Yeah. And uh, in good hard, community. In hard times. In hard times, you got to circle the wagons. And these are hard times. Yeah. And so circle the wagons, get to know your local people, drink local. Always drink local. And uh, it helps when your local people are trying to help you out. Always. Right? That's, that's how good community works, right? Everybody shows up with something to give them, to bring to the table. And uh, the one thing I got is a developed palate, a taste for beer, and uh, a really brutal sense of humor. We'll definitely have to get dive more into the sense of humor on the next one. I can't wait. Yeah, man. I appreciate the time today very much. Oh, always, always. James, here's the good community right here. It's a good community, good beer. Thanks for having me on. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you haven't already, please like, follow, share us with your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your granny, your granddad, your dog, your cat, your horse, your cow, your goldfish, your platypus, and your favorite third grade teacher. We greatly appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you all in the next one.